you're on a new path and one you didn't expect to travel. And it's definitely a road less traveled. It's the one without kids. My name is Sherry Johnson and I'm on it too. No matter how you got here, through pregnancy loss, infertility, maybe just never finding the right partner, the loneliness and the lack is the same. The triggers, they're universal. That feeling of inadequacy in a world so focused on motherhood is what we all feel. And it all boils down to our sense of worth. This is where we walk the path together and we talk about building our sense of self-worth so we too can find our place and live joyful, fulfilling lives as childless women. Welcome to the Awakening Worth Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Awakening Worth Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. We're on episode number 56, and today I'm talking about the five big mistakes that childless women make. I've noticed that most childless women are similar in how we handle being on this path that we didn't expect to travel, and we all make the same mistakes. But before we get into it, let me first say that this is not about judging you or about you judging yourself for making these mistakes. I don't want you to feel bad about it. It's really about showing you that there's another way. There's another perspective. And I made these mistakes too, every single one of them. It took me a while to realize that I was making them and then another while to actually change my habits, but ultimately it worked. And changing my habits that is. And that's why I want to share them with you because it really feels so much better to stop feeling like crap and start feeling relief. There are lots of coping methods that we use in order to get through pain. It doesn't really matter what that pain is or what your struggle is, whether it's childlessness or infertility or some type of loss, but also going through a divorce, losing a job, losing a dream. It's, it's just that the things that we do might be different, but the underlying coping mechanism is the same. So let's dive in. The number one mistake that almost all childless women make, maybe not you, maybe you, I would challenge you to, to really think this through. It's not honoring your grief not even maybe recognizing that what you're feeling is grief. The loss of your imagined future, the loss of your dream family, the the future that you always expected, we tell ourselves that that isn't something to grieve, especially if you haven't experienced a death leading up to that, like say a pregnancy loss or a stillbirth. We associate grief with death, but as my friend Kirsten Fry, who's a grief coach, she says that there are, I think it's 30 different types of grief and the loss of a dream is one of them. So I want you to just kind of take that in. The loss of a dream is worthy of grief. So the mistake here is not honoring that as grief, not giving yourself the permission to feel the way that you do because you're entitled to that. 
you're entitled to feel sad. You're entitled to mourn the loss of that dream. So that's the first one. The second one is waiting for time to heal. I talk a lot about this actually, and I recently done an Instagram, an IGTV on this, an Instagram video, but I'm going to say it again because it's so important. Waiting for time to heal is, is an old adage, and we've heard it since probably the time we were kids. I can't remember the first time I heard it, but people say it all the time. It typically manifests as just enduring the pain until it goes away or until you hope it goes away. So as a childless woman, maybe you shut off social media, you avoid baby showers and family oriented events, assuming that things will get better. And at some point you'll be able to return to normal life, normal in quotes. But the premise of this doesn't really make sense. Really what's happening is you're just getting used to the pain. You're adapting to it. You're not actually healing the underlying wound. So if you think about this in terms of a physical injury, let's say chronic back pain, it starts usually starts with some sort of injury or maybe just overuse or, or using it in the wrong way. But eventually you just start to adapt to it and you just, you just take it. Maybe I use a little Voltaren or some sort of cream that's going to numb the pain or you'll take something for it. Um, but quite often you just sort of endure it. If you think about something more, something a little more abrupt, like breaking a leg, you can wait for time to heal that and ultimately it will, but the bone may not be perfectly placed. It will take longer than is necessary to heal because you're going to move it around and you might bump it against something or you may have scar tissue, so it may not heal properly. But if you actually take some action towards healing that broken bone, get it set properly and then put it in a cast for a few weeks. And then when the cast comes off, you go to physiotherapy in order to get your range of motion back. That's all going to help you heal more quickly, taking action to heal yourself. And emotions work in the same way. You have an emotional injury that needs healing. So you can wait for your body your mind to do that for you, or you can take action and allow yourself to heal in the best way possible and in the quickest way possible. So that's number two, waiting for time to heal. Number three is burying or numbing the emotions. This is really all about avoiding the pain. So either you're covering it up or you're trying to numb it. So numbing is I think pretty self-explanatory that can look like something that is socially acceptable or not. So it may be excessive drinking. It may be just an extra glass of wine every night to kind of calm or to take the edge off. As a lot of people say, maybe it's gambling, maybe it's taking drugs or binging on Netflix. The more socially acceptable ways are working like crazy. 
that's something that is surprisingly acceptable. But usually if you're working so hard that people are starting to call you a workaholic, you're probably trying to cover something up. You're trying to numb some kind of pain. The other one is working out too much. And that's one that um, also can be seen as socially acceptable. But if it becomes excessive, then maybe it's not so healthy. So those are some things that, that people use to numb the pain. Burying is sort of avoiding the emotion. It might be distracting yourself. So keeping your social calendar really full or um, just finding a zillion other things to do to try to keep yourself busy. And, and whether you're, you're burying or avoiding the pain or numbing the pain, when you do this, you're not actually healing the pain and it will actually eke out in some other way. So, uh, Joby Tyson, I think it was who shared this with me. I love this analogy. She likened it to trying to hold a beach ball underwater. And when you do that, you can only hold it under there for so long before it pops back up. And it usually pops right back up in your face. And it seems that the deeper that you try to hold that ball down, the quicker it's going to pop back up. So I think that's a great analogy. You can try to hold your grief down. You can try to hold down all those annoying triggers or the, um, the, the things that are really frustrating you or angering you or annoying you or saddening you about your childless path. The deeper you try to push it down, the faster it's going to pop back up and it's going to pop back up unexpectedly at maybe the most inopportune time when you're not prepared to handle it, or it might be disguised. So it may show up as anger instead of sadness or shame about your body or your empty arms. It may show up as fatigue. So just a complete lack of energy or a lack of motivation It can be disguised as all kinds of things that you don't even recognize it as grief or pain that's associated with your childlessness when it, it finds its way out of your body. So that was number three, burying, avoiding, or numbing the emotions. Number four is all about putting a mask on to cover up your pain. So this might look like pasting a smile on your face and heading out to the baby shower. Typically, we'll almost put a shield around us to try to keep in our emotions when we're out in the world doing something that we don't want to do. It's kind of faking a strong outer shell to cover up what you're really feeling inside And boundaries play into this as well, saying yes, when you really don't feel like it, and then showing up when you really can't fully show up. This is the kind of thing that leads people to say things like you're so strong or be strong. And what that means to me is that you are so good at hiding your true feelings. So the rest of us don't have to actually watch you be in pain. So putting on a mask, covering up your pain when you go out. That's also a mistake. You don't have to be strong 
You don't have to hide your feelings. You don't have to go to the things you don't feel like going to. So I'm going to talk more about that one in a minute. Um, in fact, I'm going to talk about all four of them in a minute and what all five of them in a minute and tell you what to do instead. So number four is, is putting on a mask to cover up your pain. In other words, being strong or trying to appear as though you're strong. Number five is tying your purpose to raising children. So I actually did an episode on this one. It was episode number 50 and it was all about the fact that birthing a baby isn't the only purpose in life for a woman. I I would argue that it's not a purpose at all. It's And it's also not the most important job in the world. You hear people say this all the time, that raising your child is the most important job in the world. It might be, for a mother, her top priority. And she may make it a bigger priority than her work, her career, or her her paying job. But I would argue that it's actually more of a volunteer position. Or maybe even a hobby. Because a job is something that you get paid to do. Your purpose is your calling. And it's usually linked to the change that you want to see in the world. So having a child may spark a purpose. So for example, a mother has a child that has ADHD. And she wants to see better treatment and care of children with ADHD in the school system. So she sets out to change that, not just in her child's school, but maybe it spreads to other schools and other school boards, and it's something that she feels very fulfilled in in doing. That's a purpose. Now, when you tie your purpose to raising your children, what happens is that you are left without a purpose when that, when either you finish raising your children, so this can happen to mothers as well, or you don't get to raise children, then you begin this cycle into worthlessness. And I think that this is how we end up in this worthlessness that's tied to aging. So there's a lot of marketing out there that that tells us we need to stop aging. We need to buy everything possible that's going to stop the wrinkles and stop the, um, you know, our bones and muscles from deteriorating. And, um, you know, we really start to feel less worthy as we grow older. And I think that's all tied together because we have decided that our worthiness is dependent on having children. And it's not. When you tie your worthiness to that, you are bound to be disappointed or you're bound to end up in the cycle of worthlessness. So to give you an example of someone who has a purpose in childlessness, I'll use myself as an example. And it is my purpose to serve childless women, to awaken them to their self-worth and their value in the world. And that hasn't been my only purpose. My purpose has actually evolved. I used to serve only women who had had a miscarriage. I coached them through their grief. And and then as my own journey evolved, 
and I reckoned with my, my own path and, and started to embrace my childless life, my child free life, my purpose shifted. So your purpose doesn't have to be set in stone either. It can change and shift over time. It can be, you know, it can evolve or it can be entirely different and you can have more than one. So that was number five, tying your purpose to raising children is the fifth mistake. So what are you supposed to do instead? Quick interruption here to talk about creating your best year. We are just over six weeks into 2024. And if you haven't seen any improvement towards getting to your best year ever, even without kids, then you need to download my free guide on how to create it. You will discover what might be standing in the way of your best life. I've got three mistakes in there that you might be making that are keeping you stuck in grief and how you can really tap into what you truly desire in your life. You can get that free guide by going to sherryjohnson.ca slash best year. I will link that up in the bottom of the show notes so you don't have to worry about the spelling, but it's sherryjohnson.ca slash best year. It's a free guide. It's going to help you to create your best 2024, a year full of purpose and meaning and joy. So go grab that now and let's get back to the episode now. Let's, as I recap each of these five mistakes, I'm going to give you some tips on, on what you can do instead. Number one, not honoring your grief. So honor it. Give yourself permission to grieve. Give yourself permission to feel the sadness at the loss of your dream. Allow yourself to feel the sadness of it so that you can release that. Something I'm planning on doing in my new membership program that's coming up is a ceremony. So almost like a funeral or a memorial service for your dream so that you can honor that dream and grieve it and draw some closure around it and then develop, begin to develop new dreams. So that is number one. So really that's about allowing yourself to feel your grief, allowing yourself to feel the sadness. Number two, instead of waiting for time to heal your wounds, take action. There are so many ways that you can actually accelerate your healing, accelerate your relief from all the triggers and the, that feeling of not belonging and that feeling of, of not being as worthy as the mothers out there. There's coaching programs out there. There's therapy, there's counseling, there's spiritual practices, energy healing podcasts. Um, uh, oh my gosh, there's so many things. So I also did a, a video on this on my Instagram page where I go into a little bit more detail, but what I recommend here is just close your eyes for a minute and open up your heart to healing. Just take a deep breath and allow for healing to come into your life. And then notice the next thing that comes into your life, the next suggestion, the next ad that shows up in your Facebook or Instagram feed, the next post, 
the next person who, who makes a suggestion instead of resisting that, instead of shutting it down, maybe just ask yourself or ask your intuition, is this something that might help to move me forward? Something that might help me feel better. And if so, then maybe it's something to consider. So that's time, allowing time to heal your wounds. So don't do that. (laughs) Take action instead. Number three, burying, avoiding, numbing your feelings. Instead of, instead of doing that, you need to feel them. It seems really counterintuitive, but feeling your emotions, we think that that that's what hurts, but it's not actually emotion means movement, emotion, energy in motion. Feelings move. Emotion moves through your body. It moves through your mind and your soul. So allow yourself to feel it and notice how it changes shape. Notice how it it shifts in your body. So one possible thing to try is, is once again, just close your eyes, sit quietly, take some deep breaths in and out. And then allow yourself to feel the emotion. And you'll notice that it changes shape right right in your body. It feels different from one second to the next. And you're safe. You live through it. You will live through it. And when you feel it, you will release it. Number four, being strong or um, um, putting on that mask to cover up your pain. For this I would say to draw boundaries and allow yourself grace when you don't feel like doing something, when you don't feel up to doing something like going to a baby shower or going to a family gathering where there's going to be a bunch of kids. If you're, if you're just not feeling up to it, honor that and, and draw a boundary and don't cross it. Don't go. And if you do decide to go, Allow yourself to just be honest about your feelings. Of course, you know, you, we all feel like we can only do this with the people that we trust. And so do that, you know, open up about your feelings with people that you trust. But if you do decide to go to something or you, you know, you're out in the world, you don't have to put on a mask. You don't have to paste a smile on your face. It's okay to not be okay. I feel like that's almost becoming cliche these days. I see it so often. It's okay to not be okay. But allow yourself permission to to not feel good. And allow that to pass through you as well. So that's number four. Instead of pasting a smile on your face, trying to be strong, putting on the mask, just let that mask down. Let your guard down and allow someone in, allow your feelings out. Number five was the last one, tying your purpose to raising children. To this, I would say grieve the loss of your dream, but open up your heart to a purpose. Ask yourself, what change do you want to see in the world? Ask yourself, what fires you up? What are you passionate about? And Ultimately, what brings you joy? 
What inspires you? And when you figure out the answers to those questions, go do that. That is what is going to bring you purpose. I would love to know which of these mistakes that you're making or have made on your childless journey and also what you're going to do to fix them because you now have a choice. You now that, you know, they've become clear to you, you can choose to keep making them or you can choose to change. And I would love to know one tiny change that you're willing to make. So comment on this post wherever you are um, or leave it in the review section or just head over to my Instagram account and tell me there. Now, of course, this is only a probably going to end up as a 20, 25 minute episode. So there's so much in here to unpack and And it can take some time to figure out exactly how to do all of these things that that I've just discussed. So if you do need some support doing that, I am super excited that I am opening up my new monthly membership program. It's called Women of Worth, and that's opening up on Monday, March the 21st. So that's where you're going to discover more about how to stop making the mistakes so that you can live a worthy, fulfilling, child-free life. And, and how you're also going to learn how to replace these mistakes with something that's more productive, something that's going to lead to your embracing your path. So click the link in the show notes to get on the wait list. If you're on the wait list, you're going to be the first to know the details as soon as I open it up. So that link is in the show notes, wherever you're listening and, or just over on my website at sherryjohnson.ca slash 56. Sherry just has one R and an I. SherryJohnson.ca slash 56. All right, that's it for today. I'll see you next time. If you found value in this episode, I invite you to follow, subscribe, like, or review so we can grow this community of women awakening their worth together as childless women. If you'd like more of this, check out my Instagram account at awakening.worth and come back next week for another episode. See you then.